Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping. I've been waiting for this. What's up, world? Welcome back to another episode of Diary of a Mad Black Man. In case you don't know, my name is Blake. I am the host of this podcast. It is also my diary. Today's diary entry is going to be Confessions of a New CEO Part 1. If you want to follow me and engage with me in the social media world, be sure you check the description box and where you can find all that information. Excuse me. <coughs> I am not editing that out. I just need y'all. Thank you for saying bless you. I know somebody said it. Anywho, um, check the description box and where you can find me in the social media world, Diary of the NBM, preferably on Instagram. That's the main one I'd be on. Um, so today's episode is, you guys are kind of getting a little early taste of what you're going to get in season four of my podcast, simply because I've been keeping it real cute and classy on my podcast and trying not to talk my shit how I know I can talk it. So I'm going to also go ahead and just put this trigger warning out there, y'all. I'm keeping it a hundred today. Like, I've always kept it 100, but I've kept it like a cute 100. Nah, we I'm giving it to y'all real raw and unfiltered today. So, there's your fair warning. Okay? So, 2020 has been a year that will be in history books. There, I'm pretty sure there will be books, movies. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure the rest of my life. The world, people who have lived and survived this year will be talking about this year because it's been so much fuck shit happening, uncontrollable fuck shit. Like, I'm not even going to get into all of that because if you listening to this, you already know. Okay. So. If you've been following my podcast, you know, back in April of this year, I got laid off from my job. And from that point forward, I decided to become a full time creative, full time podcasters and make a way for myself because the job that I got laid off from, I vowed to myself one week after starting that job that this was going to be the last clock I punch, period. I was so inspired by the CEO of that company one week in when we had a company-wide meeting and she's like i don't want just people working for me i don't want just regular people just coming here to get a check i would i don't want y'all working for me forever i want people who want to do their own thing who want to be their own boss who want to be a leader this that and the third this whole nice little speech she gave anywho long story short i believe that and i was like okay so this is gonna be my last company because i fucks with her she cool as shit and the vibe was just every anywho so when I got laid off, I was like, okay, full-time creator, full-time podcaster, we just going to figure this shit out. It was at the height of the pandemic, and I was stuck in my podcasting. Like I was like, there's so much shit going on, so many questions I have. So I'm like, let me put together a network. Let me put together a group of podcasters, some people who are out here trying to figure it out like me, and we could share and exchange knowledge or whatever. Woo-woo. So in May of this year, I, I founded the Black Podcast Club. It started out as just a group me chat, right? originally like when i made this post in podcasting while black it was like 80 to 100 some people in the comments like yo put me in put me in put me in coach (laughs) and it ended up being only about 20 people get into the group and after like the first week i removed like six because i was like y'all not just gonna be some ghost people up in here because i told everybody from the very beginning the one thing that there, there are certain requirements that I have for this group, because we know what Facebook is. I'm not trying to come in here and just see the links to your shows and what you got going on. 
I'm here to discuss, to learn, to talk, to engage, to support, motivate, and uplift. So if you think this is a group chat that you're just going to be sitting and scrolling and not saying and participating in, this ain't for you. And some people didn't get that message, so they got removed. I ended up with a good solid 14 of us, yo. And when I say we built a bond, like we was really rocking with each other. Now, mind you, I understand in this creative space of podcasting that everybody has their own things going on. You know, they have, you know, some people are working full time. You know, I think I was one of the very well, I actually was not, but. We're going to get into that. I was one of the very few who were in the group who was a full-time creator, full-time podcaster, had their own company, whatever. So after about a month of engaging with these people, and again, shout out to all the club members, BPC club fam. Like, I really fucks with y'all, especially the first 14. Like, even if you're not a part of the, even if you're not like technically officially a part of the club anymore, like I still fuck with you because you believed in my vision and you believed in what it is that I am still going to do. So in June of that year, uh, of this year, um, at the height of civil unrest here in Atlanta, I think I think this was maybe like a, around the time Rayshard Brooks got killed, yo. Like, I was living in a hotel, an extended stay hotel, um, and when he got killed, bro, that shit sent me to a place like I was literally like in uh, like complete absolute fear for my life I could not believe that I, j- I just couldn't believe what was happening and I could not believe that this was happening less than two miles from where I live I have been to that Wendy's before okay so that situation when I say it fucked me up like those of y'all listening, and, and if you really are down for this movement and equality and the liberation of black people, you already know what it did, yo. It, it's, yo, shout out to, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? I can't think of his name. But one, one of my um recent guests on my podcast said, you know, it's been, it's one thing to have gone through the pandemic, period, as a human being. It's another thing to be a black man living in this pandemic. Because they literally killing us out here black men and women like it's, it's literally like a war on us and that's what i felt in that moment and so i went to a protest one day um it did get a little i'm not gonna say it got violent but i saw the ignorance and i'm not saying ignorance in a negative way i saw the ignorance and the pain in the people of atlanta okay that fucked with me That was also the last protest that I attended because with my anxiety and shit, I ain't got time to be running from the damn tear gas bombs and shit. Because that's what what I had to do. Because these niggas want to be throwing water bottles at the police while they holding AR-15s and shit. What the fuck is wrong with y'all? But at the same time, I get it. I 100% get it because there was some shit that I wanted to throw too. And so... Me, again, I'm trying to go back and understand my place in this movement and what it is that I should be doing. So it was that night. I believe it was either that night or the day after. Like Atlanta was like going crazy. They had ran up in Lennox. They had looted all of Buckhead. Like the National Guard had came in. Like it was just 
literally like a war zone out here. That's literally what I felt like, like the world was going to war, right? I'm at my homegirl's house with her family, right? And my anxiety is through the fucking roof, bro. I think that that night I had maybe five or six panic attacks that night. Didn't sleep for like 48 hours, bro. Like the only thing that kept me in the house that night because I was wearing all black. And I was ready to get out of Henny Streets because I just didn't care no more. I was like, yo, if this is what it's finna be, if this is how we finna go out, if this like let, let's get it. Like that's just where I was mentally at that point in time. I'm watching the news. Mayor Keisha Lance Bottom. Keisha Lance Bottoms, excuse me, got up there and gathered the city of Atlanta the way that she did. I listened to TI. Say what he said. I'm not going to go too in-depth into the things about T.I. and Keisha Bottoms because I kind of... I get what they were saying, you know, being a politician and being a leader and being a well-known person in your city. Like, I get it, but it wasn't until my boy, Killer Mike, got up there and kept it all the way 100, just like how I'm doing with y'all. The thing that instantly captured my attention was the first words out of his mouth was i don't want to be here i don't want to be here and for those of y'all i mean y'all go on youtube or somewhere and look at the video but he kept it real the main thing i took away from his message was that we need to plot plan strategize organize and mobilize our own people if you can go to a, if you can go kick it with your homeboys and go to the club and each of y'all spending 50, 60, 70, a hundred dollars a night on just drinks, food, liquor and shit. Y'all could be kicking it at somebody crib, putting that money together in an account and starting a business together. Like if you got a group of let's just say five people. Right. And let's say each five of y'all go out every every weekend. So that's five hundred dollars that y'all spending. A weekend, right? Multiply that by four. In a month, that's $2,000, bruh. We can really build some shit out here if we put our minds in the game. How it's supposed to be played. And I've been the type of person, like, majority of my life, I've always been this nigga that y'all listening to right now. But I've always felt like I had to, you know... Keep it because, you know, at one point in time, I was a teacher and I had to teach children and, you know, but at the end of the day, don't let this don't let this dress shirt. Don't let these dress shoes. Don't let none of these degrees or these certifications fool you. I'm with all the shits. okay? Listening to that man and seeing him cry, bro. And I'm sitting there crying. I want to say that's the first time. I have ever cried with another black man that I didn't know. I think one of the only other like we are crying together because of the same exact thing. I felt his pain and I knew he felt mine. Because the world finally sees the pain that us as black men have been carrying our entire fucking lives, yo. The world finally sees what black men, women children people other people of other other minority groups 
anybody other than than white people have been feeling in this fucking country, yo. So I was like, okay, bet. I really got to do something like I'm here for the movement of my people. I'm here really here for the equality of all people. Like, fuck this racism and white supremacy shit. Like, I'm I'm about it. You know what I'm saying? Um, But I was like, what can I do? What can I really do? I got my own shit I'm dealing with. I'm struggling. To, I'm literally sleeping on my home. We're on my homegirl's couch right now, bro. So I said, okay, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is at. I'm going to make this a company. I don't know how I was, was going to do it. I, ain't, I mean, I've ran a business before. You know, shout out to Mills by Blake. Anybody who supported Mills by Blake. But I was like, you know, I got to do something. I got to do something. Because the world is damn near closed. But something I got to build something that's going to survive this pandemic that's going to even survive and pass me. I got to build something that I can be able to pass down for to the next generation. Now, I don't think I'm having no kids. I ain't, I ain't going to say never, but it probably ain't happening in my lifetime. OK, I'm just keeping a buck. But I got some nieces and nephews like shout out to all my homegirls down here. In my first years like they kids really look up to me, bro. And like that shit is the one of the only reasons why I'm still here today. It's because I don't want one of my homegirls to have to explain to her children where Uncle Blake Blake is. So I was like, okay. All right. So I'm finna do this. I literally told people in the group, I was like, yo, we're going to have a, um, we've been, we was, we was meeting on, on a regular basis over, um, Google meet and stuff like that. I was like, yo, um, let's all hop on a call together. I got something I want to share with y'all. If y'all down to do this, like, let's do it. And I basically told him, I was like, y'all want to turn this into a business. Yada, yada, yada. This is my plan. This is what I want to do. Ooh. Like out of the 14, like eight of them was like, all right, bet. Let's go. I was like, oh, y'all down? Let's do it. So I literally put my money in my mouth. I'm like, okay, let me find this. Let me go. Let me go file this LLC paperwork. Let me get this EIN. Let me get this business bank account real quick. Yeah, yeah, let me buy this domain real quick. Yeah, let me do. I just started. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, but I did it. I was like, I think this is how most people start out. So I'm going to do it. Um, And it went well. And it's still going well. We got a P.O. box, like registered everything. Like everything is like legit behind the scenes at the Black Podcast Club, right? And I saw a way to like really build something like it was the energy, yo. And that's one of the things that, that I said, like within the club, like the number one thing that I'm going to protect is the energy and the vibes in this club because it means something like we started to really build. We started meeting every Monday um, and, and it just it, we just started and literally everything just started to fall into alignment. Boom, boom. One thing after another from all these different things that I was doing. Right. Then. I started to notice some things. There were some people who started to like fall off. Like there were some people who like just didn't show up to the meetings, didn't say nothing. We 45 minutes into a meeting and somebody just want to chime in like, oh, I'm here. Sorry, I'm late. And it got to a point where I was like, okay, I know I'm the CEO and the boss of shit, but I don't, I don't. Like, I know I'm a boss, I'm the CEO, but I don't like people. I don't want people to be intimidated by me. I don't I've already been told throughout my life. It's a common thing. 
I can be condescending at times. I can, you know, talk to people like they kids and shit like that. Like even back to in college, they were like, you talking to us like we like we some kids or something like that. I was like, well, I am in school to be a teacher. Like this is just who I am. Like I'm a very direct person. Like I and so I was the whole time in building this business, I was like, I don't want to be like these other CEOs. I want to be approachable. I want people to know that I'm humble. I want people to know that I'm grateful. So I'm really looking at these people as almost like employees and business partners. So I don't want to just come in here and be like, yo, you need to be at the meeting at seven o'clock on the dot, blah, blah, blah. But it got to the point where I was like, okay, you're going to be late. You're not going to come. At least let me know. Give me a heads up. Some people didn't get that message, continue to do what they was doing. And so I had to let some people go. And I didn't necessarily let them go like, oh, we're done. But I was like, let me just put a pause on you right now. When you get your stuff together and you really ready to put in the time and energy of building this business side of this, let me know. But as far as the club goes, oh, babe, we could kick it. We could party. We could keep key. You still in the group chat. You still a club member. That's why I say still to this day, every all 14 of y'all are still the founding OG group me members like that's in stone. And so tough decisions have to be made. And that's all a part of running a business, right? And so when I started to let people go and things started to really change, then it's like, okay, let me build this website out. Let me get this popping. And then long story short, August 31st, I had a decent little website. I had some merch. I had an e-commerce partner, business bank account. I'm like, yo, we finna have this grand opening on my grandmother's birthday, August 31st. Fourth birthday without her. We're going to have it at 2.20 in the afternoon. She died on my birthday, which is February 20th, 2.20. So having my grand opening to my company on August 31st at 2.20 in the afternoon was very specific. It was by design. And I don't know if I really told everybody that. I, mean, I might have made a post or two about it, but that meant the world to me that was my way to celebrate my grandmother for the first time since she's no longer being being here the fact that i'm creating something i'm building something that's gonna last for generations to come and i'm celebrating i'm having this grand opening on your day because i know that if she was still alive she would have been right there even if she even if i had to figure out how to show her how to get online and get on the live and stuff like that like she would have she always showed up for me there's not a time in my life that i could think that she didn't necessarily show for me and if she didn't she acknowledged it and she because she was human that's one thing that my grandmother always showed me is that not only was she my grandmother but she was also a human being too who made mistakes she didn't try to pretend like she was perfect and had it all together so from grand opening day I started doing it like it just started happening. People are reaching out. A couple people bought some merch. Um, people signed up and I'm like, OK, so now how can I really start to generate more income for this company? So I just built it out and things are going pretty well. Um, so at this point, I'm thinking like, like, yo, it started to become too much. And I ain't gonna lie. Because I'm literally doing more stuff for this company than I am for my own podcast. And then I was like, you know, like internally, I'm like, uh, Blake yo like you still gotta have your podcast like you can't have a podcast company and your podcast is going to trash so i became very overwhelmed with just the amount of work that i was doing the amount of emails i was getting the amount of meetings i was happening like the net like when people started to reach out to me 
I was like, oh, oh, so this is what this is about. Okay, so I'm not reaching out to nobody else at this point in time. I'm not reaching out for no more collaborations. Like, literally, people, like, when I say, like, even yesterday, I think I cleared out, like, 150-something emails between both of these email accounts that I have for my company and my own personal shit. So I had somebody who was going who was talking about they were going to be the backbone of my company and they were going to really ride for me. I mean, they was in a, I mean, they did move to Atlanta and shit like that. And then fast forward to I want to say it was like sometime in October and homeboy tells me like, yeah, I need to take a pause right now. And I was just like, oh, OK, you know. And it's no disrespect, no shade or no pun towards them. I was kind of blindsided because I, in my mind, I had already thought like, yes, finally, somebody's going to help me come and do this like day in, day out, grind this shit out for me. Because that's literally what this is. And that's what you could ask any CEO. Each, every, sing, every single day if you're building a business, you need to be laying a brick. Some days you're going to lay 10 20 30 100 bricks and some days you might just go and just check and make sure the cement is drying and everything together but each and every single day this is like my child my child's not even is barely six months old and i have to take care of it each and every single day so the fact that i then now really felt like i was kind of back by myself again i was like damn you know what i'm saying but like I said, everybody has their own things they have to do, their own moves they have to make. So when that happened, I was like, all right, cool. It's cool. You know, no hard feelings, because like I told everybody from the beginning, you know, if this becomes too much for you, just let me know. And, and I and I appreciate the fact that, that, that he did let me know. But I was kind of like, damn, you know, I was still salty about it. But I moved on from that. I was like, I just got to I, I got to keep going. I can't stop this. And so. Also around this time is when my hotel room was coming to an end. So I had been living in this hotel since I'm going to say like July, like the end of June. I want to say like like a week before the 26th of June. Right. I would know I was in a hotel on Father's Day. So. Um, so, yeah. So June, July, August, September, October. What? Well, June, July, August. September, damn, that was five months. Five months I lived in a hotel, bro. And the hotel stay started coming to an end. I'm like, all right, what I'm going to do? What I'm going to do? And I'm going to keep it 100, which I was like, yo, I'm over Atlanta. Like, I love this city. I really do. I got so much respect for the culture, the people here. Um, I did move here four years ago, so I'm a native. Just I'm not a native like most of the people here in Atlanta, but I really love the vibes here. But I'm like a South Florida, San Diego, L.A., somewhere by the beach in the water type of nigga, like deep down inside. You know what I'm saying? So I was already like feeling a little antsy. I'm like, yo, I could go here. I could go there because at this point I have no ties to nothing here aside from my braces. I could go anywhere. I could do my business from anywhere. I could podcast from anywhere. I could travel from anywhere. But something in me was like stick to your mission because I have a tendency, a pattern that has been consistent in my life where I've moved around like it, from childhood, even living with my mom. Like we would move from the west side to the south side to the suburbs to this suburb to that suburb like every two to three years. I wasn't one of those kids that grew up on the same block in the same neighborhood my whole life. I was always the new kid in school. So to pack up and move, it's, it's nothing to me. Like I'll throw all this shit away and throw some th throw these bags in my car and I'm out. So 
I made the decision. I was like, yo, I got, I got a really dope homeboy in DC and I hit him up one day, um, in preparation for the end of this hotel stay. I was like, yo, um, basically explaining the situation. I was like, yo, can I come crash when this comes to an end sometime in October, can I come crash with you for like a month just so that way I can just breathe, have a safe space and just kind of woo side from living in this hotel and really kind of figure out what it is I'm going to do in my life. Right. He was like, yeah, sure, cool, that's cool, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and so that's what I did. So the whole month of October, I was in D.C. And while I was in D.C., when I say the month of October was, like, lit for my company. Like, I got a new sponsor for my podcast. Again, shout out to Nature's Treat. They finna, um, we, we got some dope stuff in the works. I'm, I can't necessarily say it right now, but just know that some dope shit's on the way. Um, but... Also, around this time, while I'm in D.C., an all-too-familiar situation occurs. Um, And it brings back a trauma that I'm healing from, which is the relationships with my family. I actually had my... Wait, let me... Ooh, wait. Hold on. Back the fuck up. The night before my grand opening, my cousin attempted suicide. That was kind of the precursor of me really starting to like feel depression again because now, even still to this day, I worry about this man so much, bro. Like, And I know I shouldn't worry. I pray for him all the time. I want him to heal. And I know I've been through some shit, but he's really been through some shit, too. I got some episodes with him that I'm going to drop in season four, too. But so my relationships with my family, again, came back up while I was actually in D.C. for the month because now I get into it with my sister again about her and her relationship with her husband because I've been told you, like, I'm not with this back and forth shit that you're doing. Like you, if you're going through a divorce with somebody, like, why are you still in communication with them? Why are you traveling with them? Why are you still sleeping with them? I I, I don't understand. And so now you want to um, have this uh, kumbaya moment where you want to talk about your problems, but you're enabling your problems. And I've also told you time and time again, I don't want to hear that shit. I'm here for you. I'm here for you for when it's done and over with because this back and forth shit has been going on for five, six years now. And I'm ty- I'm mentally exhausted and I don't have no mental bandwidth to deal with it or to listen to it. And she gets mad like, well, you can't tell me what to say. You can't always control this. I've been respectful of your mental health and all this kind of shit, blah, 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 blah. Mind you, I did say some disrespectful shit to her because I was like, what is this, like your 10th restraining order? I'm tired of hearing that shit. <laughs> like, I, I, I really am. Because I'm pretty sure at at certain points, y'all had state mandated restraining orders against y'all and y'all were still dealing with each other. So I don't want to hear that shit. And she didn't like it. And it it fucked me up because I really feel guilty about the situation my sister's in. And I know I got to let that go. My therapist is working with me on that. Um, Because as a big brother, (laughs) and again, the type of dude that I am. You think, how do you, I ask myself, and I'm like, I don't think she fully comprehends 
what it's like for me to watch her go through this shit for the past five fucking years. I know the trauma you're going through because the trauma you're going through is traumatizing me. Even down to the just the whole dynamics of, of, of our immediate family with me, my mom, my sister, yo, it's trash right now, bro. And that shit started to really fuck with me. And on top of that, I'm like borderline homeless. Right. I know that, you know, I'm staying with my homeboy and again, shout out to him. But I'm like, yo, I'm not trying to live off you. I'm not trying to just live nowhere rent free. I know I got to take care of myself. I'm a grown ass man. I'm trying the best I can to get my shit together. Like I've been trying to get my shit together for the past two years, five years, 10 years of my life. Shit, since I was 15 years old, I've been out here in this world thugging it the fuck out. You hear me? 15 is when my mama put me out her house. Let her tell it I left. But y'all tell me how a minor can leave and move halfway and move from Memphis to Springfield, Illinois. And get enrolled in school. You must have forgot that you literally signed over temporary guardianship to my grandmother. But I left. Oh, okay. But that's all I'm going to say about that. So then the depression starts to come back in. I'm dealing with anxiety. I had a panic attack because I'm just like, why am I working this hard? For what? All of my friends. Like, I love my friends. I love them so dearly and I'm so appreciative for them. And I think that's one of the reasons why I care so much about them. But most of my friends have seemingly decent families. I mean, all their relationships with their families ain't perfect, but they got like at the end of the day, they got their family. And I'm like, I only have y'all. So if our relationship stops, you, I mean, again, not everybody that I know is, is a hundred percent, you know, cool with their family, but if me and you stop talking, you still got people over here. I don't. Mind you, I do have family here in Atlanta, but I just simply don't know them like that, bro. Like it's and it's hard for me to really confide in them and to get to know them like because of the simple fact that on another on my on my dad's this is like an extension of my dad's side of the family. On the other side, like when I really started to get to know them, like, yo, like they was like they thought I was gay. And which I mean, I wasn't because I, I technically if I had to check a box, I would identify as bisexual. But for whatever reason, they stopped fucking with me because of some of the relationships and the bonds that I built with certain people that I met. But I'm like, yo, y'all knew about me my whole life. So it's all what the and Again, I don't want to go too in depth into my family dynamics right now, but that's why it's so hard for me to connect with any new people, like any new cousin, new family member that, that I meet because I'm like. I cannot afford to build this bond with you just to have you cuss me the fuck out one day and tell me you don't give a fuck if you never speak to me again. Because that's been a common trend within my entire fucking family throughout my whole life from my mama on down. So that's that's my hesitations. I'm, I'm fearful to build a bond just to have it broken one day because of some fuck shit. By either party, by myself or, or the other one, you know, I just and so that's why, you know, I find myself riding through a lot of shit on my own and I'm doing what it is that I'm doing. And it's like, I also feel like like with some of my really close friends, like I feel like it's. 
Again, y'all have family. I don't. So when we go weeks on end without talking, like I'm not talking to nobody else. Y'all are because y'all got family. You know what I'm saying? I know everybody's life isn't perfect, but that's just how I feel, bro. And I'm like, okay, so just understand that this is what it is. Accept people for who they are, where they are, how they move, how they engage. It's all good. It's all love, right? But then, like, as the time in D.C. comes to an end, like, y'all fell in love with D.C. for the first time. Because when I lived there last year, I hated that shit, bro. It was partially because I was extremely depressed. I was I was finally really overcoming my alcohol addiction. Um, I hated my job. Oh, my God, it was horrible. Listen to previous episodes. You know all about it. Um but for some reason, let me tell y'all about how my return to Atlanta happened. I, again, when I hit my homeboy up to go to D.C. for a month, I also had secured a room to rent here in Atlanta. Like with um with my current roommate that I'm living with now. Because I'm like, yo, I got to do something. We, we got to figure this out. We got to figure this out. So when I was coming back, I literally was on the road. I was like, Half, once you get to Charlotte, you got to make a decision on what you're going to do. Because I know you got somewhere to stay, but I need my own room and my own bathroom. Like, I need I need some peace of mind. And that's not saying I can't have that anywhere else. But this is something that I desire to have. I have the money. Is it going to put me in a real tight space financially? Probably it is. It sure enough did. But I was like, we're we going to make it do what it do. We done been out here worse than what we are now. We got a company now. You got people riding for you now. You getting clients now. Like, you know, I didn't necessarily secure a new client just yet, but I was in the process of getting one. So I'm like, all right, this little money that I got to the side, I'm going to go ahead and make the withdrawal. Go ahead and get this crib. Go ahead and do what I got to do because I need to settle down because I'm also trying to get products. We got, you know, certain products and things that I'm trying to put with the brand and stuff like that. So... I get to Atlanta. I move into my apartment. I leave out to go to Walmart. I start my car up and immediately I'm like, what the fuck is that noise? I put my, I'm like, what is that? I mean, my car was still running, but I could hear like a little, like almost like a knocking sound. I'm like, Oh shit. I put it in reverse. I start driving and then it starts to shake. I still to this day, I mean, I have an idea with what's wrong with my car because I took it to AutoZone eventually. Um, they said it's something with one of my cylinders. I don't know. I even called the place. I'm like, okay, I need a range and amount of what you think this could possibly be. I need to know the cheapest that this could cost me. I need to know the max. Dude, I mean, shout out to Midas because the guy was extremely phenomenal in helping me understand because I had the codes. I had all the information from, from AutoZone. He was like, it could be this, 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 this. Long story short, anywhere from two to $400 to get this car fixed. I wasn't upset because I wasn't upset that the situation happened because I did just drive this car from here to Texas back from here to D.C., up to Philly, back to D.C., and now back to Atlanta. And I mind you, this car, when I bought it, it had 115,000 miles on it, and it rides good. So I'm like, okay, it probably is time for a little tune-up or something. That's what the guy was telling me. It probably just needs a tune-up. 
which is like $250, something like that. But I also just pay for this apartment. I don't have an extra $250. On top of that, I'm supposed to get my braces out next week. Um, actually, in, in like another day. Like, it, it, it just threw everything off. Because on top of that, I went and bought me a little air mattress, you know, bought some stuff for the house. And, you know, just to make myself comfortable while I'm here. Like, I need to settle down and really get this business off the ground. Like, I said I want to go travel and shit like that. But, yo, this pandemic shit, like, it's getting real out here in these streets. And I don't want to end up stuck nowhere that I don't want to be. So, I had already started to struggle with just, I, I've been battling depression for so long. And I know when it's coming back. I know when my mood swings happen. I know when I get down. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been in the gym heavy. I've been trying to eat right every day. Really take care of myself. Wake up, say my affirmations. I got my, I got statements and shit written on my wall. My I believe statement. All types of stuff. Um, But, yo, like, I really just started to struggle. Like, that first week here in Atlanta, like, when I say I was just so depressed. Like, it was like, it was like climbing up to the peak of a roller coaster, right? And then that part where they say, all right, throw your hands up and scream. And as soon as it starts shooting down, that's literally what my mood was like. Within like two, three days, I realized that all I've done is just lay around this house. Then I realized, because it was also the midst of this fucking election, right? That shit was stressing me the fuck out. I was like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? Is this, is this like, was I surprised that it was happening? No. But I'm just like, this is really what the world is coming to right now. On top of that, let me tell y'all about my voting experience. That day I got up to vote, November 3rd. This is also the day that I really realized that something was really wrong with my car because my car was running really rough on the way to go vote. I go to vote, right? I arrive, no long line, walk right in, show them my ID, get my little card, walk up to the voting booth, insert the card, an error message pops on the screen. Uh, vote has already been cast for this card. I'm like, er, who? Who voted? Not me. So I, they were like, get an election official. Um, so I got the election official. And I was like, it's saying that I voted already and I didn't. So she's like, yeah, no, I know you just walked up here. Just go over there. Just switch it out. It might be just a little air or whatever, right? So I go over there and they they put my card in their little system. They're like, it's saying he voted already. It's saying he voted at 845. I look down at the clock. It's only 855. I'm like, there's no way I voted at 845 because at 845 I was standing over there and I had, even, I had barely checked in. What is going on here? Next thing I know, there's like five election officials around me like, oh, my God, I was freaking the fuck out because I'm like, this is that bullshit right here. This is what the fuck I'm talking about. This is why this is all like. So, again, the election really stressed me the fuck out because of that situation. Like they eventually had to spoil my ballot and take it out the system i don't know it was, it was like a whole 10 15 minute process for them to figure out what the fuck was going on and why this card was saying that i had already cast the vote like it literally said like blake johnson my id my name had already voted i'm like for who can you tell me for who because if you can tell me for who I, I might just be like all right cool if this, that's what's saying i voted for it in <laughs> leave it is and let's go but then i was like 
And so in the midst of that moment, I was just like, okay, Blake, stay calm, stay calm, stay calm. And that's part of the reason why, um, again, I think I fell into, again, another piece of the puzzle. I think it's another reason why I fell into, like, this depression, like, state. Because, like, the world is so fucked up, bro. Like, this shit is crazy. This shit is nuts. And then, now, today, I'm actually recording this episode today. I'm going to put it out today. today. Today is November 17th. Um, just the struggle got so real. I didn't put out no episodes the first um two weeks of this month. I'm behind. I'm publishing episodes. This was not supposed to come out today. I didn't plan on doing this today, but I'm like, I got to get some shit off my chest. I got to get it off. I got to get it out. I got to write my diary because this is also something that I haven't been doing um as consistent as I would like to. Like, so I actually um give you guys a, a sneak peek into season four. I started podcasting for mental health, a series for my mental health. And what I did was um, when I started counseling back in June, um, after each therapy session, I would record reflection episode, um, just talking about the things that I had unpacked in therapy and what it meant to me and how I'm feeling, this, that, and the third. And some of these shits are probably too deep for the podcast. I'm not sure yet, but this is kind of like one of those moments where I realized like there's so many ideas, so many things that I want to do for season four for my podcast, for my company. But, bro, I'm overwhelmed and I am broke as fuck. So all I've been trying to do is just stay focused, keep my head on straight. But I also, you know, understand that I am I do have issues with depression and anxiety. So I was like my therapist had you know been talking to me about possible medication. Um, my doctor had been telling me about possibly getting on medication. I had been hesitant and skeptical about medication because I've tried it before and it never really worked. And I also know that medication is not just like, I'm not going to take this pill and all of a sudden, boom, my mood is perfect because it's also fucking life that's, that's throwing me off. Like the fact that I am sleeping on the air mattress was living in a hotel like my car is fucked up and i ain't got the money like just all this shit that's going on like relationships with my family my mom and sister and all like it's it's too much and i was like i'm not gonna turn i'm not gonna start drinking again we are not gonna do this i have been smoking some weed like that's been definitely helping but even then i can't keep spending all this money on weed either like i can't it's just not going to be productive right now, especially when I'm trying to really get my life together. At my last doctor's appointment, my doctor was like, all right, if you ever feel, you know, the holidays is coming up. I know how I get around the house. I fucking hate the holiday season. Oh, my God. And she was like, well, if you feel like you need to try something, you know, I'm more than willing to, to help you out. You know, you're in therapy. We can do it. She was like, if you feel like you need it, go ahead and just give me a call, make an emergency appointment. We'll get you in because, you know, doctor's offices are real hard to get in unless you're like dying right now. <laughs> so I called them and I was like, yo, I got to do something because trying to do this on my own, trying to push through this stuff on my own is just not working. Like I'm doing I'm therapy, I'm meditating, I'm going to the gym, um, not engaging in toxicity, no drama, no bullshit, no nothing in my life, but 
I'm still getting down and out because there's so much that, that is just out of my control. You know, in building a business and being a new CEO, one of the things that I'm learning is that there's controllables and uncontrollables. The controllables are things like how the business operates, the kind of, you know, things like marketing and all that kind of stuff. But some other shit that I can't control, so I can't like some products that I want for my company. I can't help that the product that I want is on three weeks of back order. My e-commerce partner, I can't help that, you know, there are certain locations or certain items that when they order, it takes two, three weeks at a time to come. I mean, that's kind of I'm in the midst of a pandemic right now. You know, so shit is just real for everybody. And so. I call my doctor. I'm like, I need an appointment ASAP. I go in there. I tell her what's going on. I'm like, this depression is going to be too much. I'm starting to have ideation again, and that shit just stresses me out. Um, Long story short, I started taking antidepressants last week, and I know it's going to take about, he says, at least eight weeks before I even feel anything, before it really is able, like it has to, that's the thing about these medications. They have to, it takes time to build it up, to build up in your system, right? But on top of that, I also need shit like housing, food, gas in my car, my car to be fixed. And I'm also low-key searching for a job because this it, it only makes sense you know what i'm saying i remember while i watched an interview and 21 savage was like you know they asked him he's like what do you what would you say to somebody who's trying to build something and you know things aren't going right which he was like bro get a job and i am not beyond working right now like i know i have been preaching all year i'm not going back to work for nobody i'm an entrepreneur i'm a ceo i got my own company but bruh niggas gotta do what niggas gotta do i got to eat okay and yeah, like I got to do what I got to do. So this is the last thing I'm going to say, because this is the most recent thing that's been stressing me out. Um, I literally was like, OK, I got to find a job. Let me uh, let me update this resume. Let me download Indeed. Let me get on here and find something because I got I to gotta do something like this. This this. There's no other way around it. Like I have to get another job, and I'm gonna have. In this next job that I get, um, I'm probably gonna work on work at this job for at least the next two, three years. Like fuck that. Like I'm a part time entrepreneur now, because <laughs> it just is what it is. Like I need some steady and consistent income. I'm going to find a company that aligns with my lifestyle. And that is a decent place that I can be and I can help push their mission and vision forward along with still pushing my own. Um, so, yeah, I was looking for jobs. Um, applying for jobs, applying for jobs, applying for jobs. The thing about having a master's degree, right? Everybody knows that these jobs where you have, I mean, when you have a master's degree, these high level jobs and positions, they're not just hiring people on the spot. They're going to have you do an interview. Then they're going to wait. Then you might have to do a second interview. So it's going to be at least a two to three week, maybe four week process for most jobs that I'm really, really qualified to do before I could get on. Right. 
mind you, as soon as I started sending my, my resume out, I was getting hits. Like I, I had an interview um, last, like I want to say last Friday, and I that I, there was a hiring event at a car wash. I was like, you know what? I know what I know how these hiring events go. I said this basically means they're desperate for people. This also means that nine times out of ten, I could go in, I could get hired on the spot. Like, I could go in, and I'm the type of person in my interview, I was like, um, if they hire me on the spot, I'd be like, well, I mean, do what I got on work for y'all, because I could clock in right now. We'll stop. You know what I'm saying? That's literally how this interview went. Like, I went there. It went really good, of course, because I'm used to car wash. Like, I'm washing cars. And I didn't mind taking this job because I was like, I'm never too humble to work. Okay, because I got to survive. I didn't literally flip burgers and drop fries at one point in time just to survive. So I'm I'm going to do what I got to do out here. You know what I'm saying? Um, They called me back later. Like I left. I want to say like maybe an hour later. Like, hey, we'd love to hire you. Um, Can you come on Monday? Blah, blah, blah. I was like, OK, cool. Mind you, during the interview process, she said um, you need to trim your beard because you can't have, you know, that much facial hair. I was like, okay, cool. Mind you, I had my little goatee going, and it was getting long. Like, it was really, like, kind of long. You know what I'm saying? Like, I keep, like, braided up a little bit. And so I'm like, all right, I'll shave this down just to, you know, get this little job or whatever. I got to work yesterday. First day, I was a little, mm, I'm not going to say I was excited, but I was just like, let me just go in here and do what I got to do because I got to get this money. It's a labor-intensive job, so I won't necessarily be having to use a lot of my creative juices and brain power. I get there, I walk in, first of all, I don't know if you remember, if nobody, this was the first red flag, nobody communicated that y'all had new hires coming in today at 2 o'clock, okay, that's cool, um, no, I'm not here for interview, I'm here to start working, y'all, they said I was going to start working, like I already filled out my paperwork and everything, oh, okay, well, um, I'm sorry, we can't have you start today, like, excuse me? Yeah, you can't have any facial hair. It has to be clean shaven. Like you can have like a little mustache, but you can't have anything. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, but I'm about to put this mask back on. Like, I, I, I don't understand. Make it make sense. And then I'm like, I done drove all the way up here. I done wasted my gas. And my time. Like, why do I have to shave my face to work at a fucking car wash? I Make it make sense. Please make it make sense. And then it's like, these companies with these hair policies and shit, like, that's some bullshit. It's some discriminatory bullshit at the end of the day. Like, I'm going to just say it like it is. That was some bullshit. Like, I can understand maybe if I was working in a food, like in a restaurant or something like that around you know sensitive materials and shit like that but to wash some damn cars bruh on top of that we're in a pandemic i'm gonna have a mask over my damn face anyway long story short i won't be going to that job today i'm figuring this shit out some other kind of way um i feel a lot better so yeah confessions of a ceo part one um that's a little bit about what i've been dealing with uh, I got some more episodes coming this week, actually, because I'm behind. And to keep it 100 with y'all, like, I'm 
like over season three already. Like I'm like, let me get these interviews out. Let me get this dope content out because I'm ready for season four. Because for season four, like this is this is the kind of energy I'm giving to season four. Like I'm not holding back. Um, there have been episodes that I've done where I've talked about certain things with my family. Certain family members have gotten mad at me. I don't give a fuck. You're just gonna have to deal with it and be mad. I'm not gonna say your name. I'm not gonna put you on blast. But I mean, I mean, well, there is an episode that I did with a family member. Like it's coming out in season four. Like you agreed to do it, so it is what it is at this point. But I'm tired of even being in. Uh, let me say this. Let me wrap up. So I went to the Afros and Audio Festival this weekend, and when I say I was so fucking inspired and motivated, like and encouraged and uplifted, and it felt so good to be around black creatives, yo. I can't even remember the woman's name right now, top of my head, but she was like basically saying like yo when when i'm on my podcast this is my safe space i already have to have to somehow you know in this world show up in a certain way when you're at work you know you have to be professional and you know put on your professional voice and there was even some people who were like you know if you go back and listen to some of your earlier episodes listen to how you sound listen to you know how you move and that's how i kind of was in the beginning you know i was kind of like let me keep let me keep it kind of cute and classy you know what i'm saying i don't want to get too real on the podcast just yet because I, I didn't know what i was doing i was a little uncomfortable you know i was learning but now Baby, let me tell y'all something. Each and every single episode of season four is going to be just like this one. Like, I'm just going to have to become more comfortable with doing things like being on camera. I'm going to have to become more comfortable with just really speaking my truth and saying what it is I feel, exactly how I feel. Like, who says that I have to get on here and say, hi, welcome to Diary of a Mad Black Man. This is but like, no, what's up, y'all? What's good? What's popping? My name is Blake. This is my diary, Diary of a Mad Black Man. This is what you're getting. Like, and I already know that my audience is going to fuck with it because y'all been fucking with me up to this point. Like, I'm already over 12,000 downloads. So I know I'm doing something right. But one of the things that I haven't, that I'm, I'll, I'll say this. One of the things I'm taking to another level is the honesty, the vulnerability, and the transparency about what is going on. Because this is really like my diary, y'all. This is really like me just getting shit off my chest. And... I now, especially after 2020, mind you, it's still, it's still 2020, but after this shit that I've been through this year, bruh, you don't like something I said on my podcast, don't listen to it, period, this is my story, this is my life, this is my truth, and I'm gonna share it, and I'm gonna speak on it. And I'm speaking specifically to some people you know who you are, which I'm pretty sure you're probably not even listening. So I'm going to just go ahead and just wrap this up. Um, I really appreciate y'all for listening, for tuning in, for supporting me, for engaging with me. Um, damn, I got to start putting out more content, bro, because this like I literally like feel so much better right now. Like in the beginning of this, like I was literally laying in bed like I cried myself to sleep last night. Yeah, I definitely cried myself to sleep last night because I was just so overwhelmed. Like, I was just like, I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this is my life. Like, an air mattress, bro. Like, but, but you know what? You know what? Let me tell you about the thing about manifestation and also the power of God that I know I'm aware of. Oh, we're going to turn this around. I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to put in the work that I got to put in. But I'm also about to be much more unapologetically Blake. Because Blake has been oftentimes 
not saying what needs to be said, trying to keep it cute and classy and protecting everybody else in this world except for me. I have to be, I'm literally going to write that on my wall when I get finished. You have to be selfish. It's not negotiable anymore. You have to put yourself first. It's not negotiable no more. You're going you gonna to have to say exactly what you want to say, how you want to say it, and it's just going to be what it is to whoever and wherever. Because this whole, like, and it's a part of, like, one of the reasons why I'm still moving in this creative space and wanting to be an entrepreneur. Because this idea of professionalism is a crock of bullshit. I'm not going to sit up in nobody's office and, da, 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 like, no. Mind you, I am going to try and give me another job. I'm going to try and keep it real cute and classy. But we just going to see how this works out. Because, I mean, the way I feel, I'm like, what do I, what do I got to lose? You know what I'm saying? Like, if I was, for example, if I was a teacher right now, there's no way I would put out an episode like this just being this honest, this vulnerable, this transparent. You know what I'm saying? But now I just really don't give a fuck, bro. Like, this is my life. Like, this is what it is. This is what I'm dealing with on a regular basis. And if anybody has something to say about it, my email is in the inbox. It's in the, it's in the description box below. All my social media contacts down there below. You can contact me. But I'm going to let you know right now. Don't try it because I'm real quick with the block and delete now. I got, I got, I got people who raised me on blocked and delete right now. So again, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate everybody who just understands and gets it because shit ain't easy out here, bro. But y'all be easy. I feel so much better. Oh my God. Can't wait for therapy today either. Peace. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Alright then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Alright, I'ma fuck with you. Alright, bro.